from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, from September's council meeting, Decision Day on the Wanless Development Application for a Recycling and Landfill Operation at Ebenezer. First steps taken to review multi-member council divisions, still no word on a CBD cinema operator, and another vaccination hub opens in Ipswich. It's Friday, September 17, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Ipswich City Council held its September meeting on Thursday the 16th. One item which has gained a lot of attention was the Wanless Development Application for a Landfill and Waste Transfer Resource Recovery Facility at Ebenezer. If you're following along at home, go to item 15.6 on the agenda. Mayor Theresa Harding joins the show to talk about this and a couple of other items from committee reports. Thank you for joining Ipswich today, Mayor Harding. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show and thank you to the listeners for listening. We're recording this on the afternoon of the September council meeting in what had the potential to be rather tense because of the Wanless development application for a waste transfer and recycling facility at Ebenezer. In the end, the four officers' recommendations were adopted, but not before a lot of discussion and proposed amendments. Can you explain in simple terms what happened at the meeting? Look, I think we saw democracy in action, Alan. It was great to see on, on live stream um, councils debating an issue. There was a difference of opinion and the vote did go 8-1. And I think that was a really good thing for democracy. But um, basically the, the council had uh, put forward uh, for a part refusal of the application to so to agree to the recycling and recovery facility but to reject the landfill. And that was what ended up getting voted um, up. But there was a dissenting view from, from the council. Now, why is council so opposed to another landfill in a mining void when we've already got others elsewhere? So we already have uh, eight privately owned landfills uh, in Ipswich. Um, we are the fastest growing city in Queensland. So we're having uh, you know, people living closer and closer to these areas. But the other thing too that came out in this report was there was a lot of inconsistencies and certainly the application didn't go anywhere near enough to... Um, discussing how they would address things such as groundwater, leachate and a whole raft of other environmental issues. So it was found uh, to be not compliant and, and we would um, it's not certainly a, a type of activity that we'd want to have in our city. Well, given the decision at the council meeting, do you think council will find itself back in the planning and environment court over its decision? Well, any applicant can do that. Um, just note that uh, the council's decision does align with the recommendations of the independent decision review panel, which held a public hearing on this application in August. So I think we're in a very strong position um, legally um, in this in this decision. Moving to the last item on the agenda, it was about multi-member divisions and calling for a review. Firstly, did this item have to be there? Uh, I thought initially there was going to be an automatic review of the multi-member divisions. Again, where are we at now with this? 
Yeah, like I had a similar view that it was automatically going to be happening anyway, but um, I, I thought I'd allow Council Island to, to bring that notice of motion forward to have a look. It does say in the 2019 um, boundary review that the Minister may ask the Council to do a review. And so we had a discussion that uh, we would write to the Minister to request a mid-term review in 2022 of residents' experience and also the, their satisfaction with the multi-member arrangements and the current divisional boundaries. I know it's unusual in Queensland. Ipswich is the only council with multi-member divisions, mm-hmm. but it's not uncommon in other states. Do you think we just don't like change? Uh, is, is it working or isn't it working? My personal opinion, and I can't say I'm vouching for all the other councillors, um, but basically in 2016 you had, back then, each of the councillors looked after, uh, represented 19,000 residents. Now with the four divisions, um, each, the council, each division has 57,000 residents, so three times the number of residents. And yes, there are two councillors, but I can tell you when I go to community group meetings or sporting meetings or anything like that, um, they do expect both their councillors to attend. Um, so, you know, they are doing three times the work that I think the previous councillors were doing and, and with less staff and resources. So I think we're just looking at a way that we can, you know, better, um, I'd certainly like to see a way that we can better serve the community in a more efficient way. I personally don't think we should have more councillors. I don't think anyone wants more politicians out there. But I think there's a better way of, of restructuring. So we still have um, eight councillors that can provide really great service for our local residents. I guess that was an unintended consequence of the multi-member divisions. I certainly didn't expect that community groups would expect both councillors to turn up every time. They do, and if they don't, they they will say, "Where are they?" And we still have to explain. There, you know, mm. <laughs> we're at a Carolee Community Association. We can say the other councils out of a Rosewood meeting, or you know, that type of thing. So it's um, and you remember about the the. The divisions are quite large. So Division 1 does go from Grandchester to Red Bank Plains. Um, you know, Division 4 is, you know, from Burrell and Point out to Rosewood. So, you know, quite a few very different communities. But I think, look, I, I think the, the eight councils there today are doing a terrific job in working hard and they do work long hours, um, making sure they represent their community as best they can. Outside those community groups that obviously can be quite vocal, what about the average resident? Have you heard from residents just out of the blue about the multi-member divisions? No, look, I've got to say, I think most people would just want um, good quality um, representation. I think they want ethical representation. Um, I don't think there's an appetite for more councillors, I think, because it will cost more money. And what's the value to them, I guess? So I think generally um, people just want to make sure that they can contact their council if they need be or, or just to make sure that you know their bins are getting picked up, the roads are getting fixed up and all that stuff that councils are supposed to do. Let's talk about a couple of uh, committee reports presented to council. The Ipswich Central Redevelopment Committee, was there any further update presented to the meeting on the confirmation of a cinema operator or new tenants? Yeah, good question. It's a question on everyone's lips, Sophie Gallen. Um, council's not yet in a position to confirm a thinner operator uh, for the Nicholas Street precinct. Uh, the the procurement process is, is complex and the council's currently comparing a number of offers from an array of cinema operators from our tender. So, look, we're, we're really excited to have this level of interest on the cinema considering COVID and um, as soon as we can, we'll, we'll announce something. The Community Culture, Arts and Sport Committee had an item on uh, Christmas sponsorships. This is where council contributes money to other organisations to run Christmas events, and that's been in place since the administrator was appointed. Are you happy with this arrangement going forward rather than Council staging its own Christmas events? Another good question, Alan, one that gets, we do discuss quite a bit because obviously we are supporting the Brassel Christmas in the Park as well as um, 
carols at Rebel Domain in Springfield and the Red Bank uh, Plains Community Christmas Carols are three that we're supporting and, and if anyone, other community groups are interested, that will be happening. We'll also be having our Christmas and Ipswich program, which you remember from last time had the, the lights at um, Narama Park and the Santa bus on tour and a number of other things as well. So I'm very keen, I think, to have personally, uh, a Christmas parade and a few other things in the CBD. I think it's great having the carols out um, around throughout the rest of the city, not just having everything in the CBD. I think it's a really good outcome for us, but we have to follow COVID rules and I I don't think we'll be having a a Christmas parade this year with the way the COVID rules are happening now. No, that's unfortunate. But the Narama lights were, were very, very popular, so this will be the third year, so looking forward to seeing that. Uh, look, I think we're going to have, obviously, the popularity of Tilma Place, so don't be surprised if you see some exciting things happening in Tilma Place. Okay, I'll look out for it. <laughs> look, there was good news on the property front. We're hearing how residential property is just going through the roof. Good for those who want to sell, bad for those who want to buy in. But on the commercial front, the sale of the Icon building generated a lot of talk in the last week or so, going for nearly $145 million, which was more than the 128 it was kind of tipped to go at. Does that give you more confidence at the council-owned property? And I'll list them because there's quite a few. There's the old Commonwealth Bank mm. building facing Brisbane Street there, uh, Ipswich City Square, the, the, what's left of Ipswich City Square. Then there's mm-hmm. the City Plaza that came into the picture a bit after the purchase of Ipswich City Square. And, of course, Murphy's slash Commonwealth Hotel is also council-owned. Does that give you encouragement going forward that council's got some hot property? I think the people of Ipswich should feel really encouraged by that result. I spoke to the, the Sam who, who sold that property and um, to see that that property was sold for, it's basically the most uh, expensive um, um, office commercial property outside of Brisbane. So for that to happen in Ipswich is a real, I think, a real tick of confidence in our city and I think it also shows um, that we're in the right path for our CBD. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a terrific result. You're in and out of the uh, new admin building, 1 Nicholas Street, every day. What's the vibe for those who haven't been into town for a little while? What's the vibe in Nicholas Street? Well, we've got 800 um, council officers working in the building, so there's a lot of energy just in Tilma Place. Um, until we have the uh, cafe set up, uh, we have at least two food trucks out of, out there um, every day, as well as obviously the cafes and top of town and and Dominic's as well. So it's a really good vibe. I think people um, really like the office building, but also it's great to see the public as well. You know, when I'm out there at lunchtime, you see people walking across the Bradfield Bridge. People are really using their CBD. They're going to the library, they're going to the shops, they're going to the top of town. It's been that missing link for so long, and it's really nice to see, even though we don't have, you know, the, the cafes and all the eateries um, in place, um, it's already being utilised by, by our residents. Mayor Harding, thanks again for the chat and thanks for joining Ipswich today. Thank you for your invitation. Thank you. And briefly, Darling Downs and Westmorton Primary Health Network, in partnership with Westmorton Health, has organised a COVID-19 Pfizer vaccination hub at the Bundamba Salvation Army for anyone living in the Ipswich Council region. The hub is now open from 10am to 6pm Monday to Friday, finishing on Friday, September 24. At the Bundamba Hub, priority will be given to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, aged care workers, residents and carers, disability workers, participants and their carers, people who are experiencing or at risk of homelessness, culturally, ethnically and linguistically diverse people, people who do not have a Medicare card or are not eligible for Medicare, including farm workers, and people in rural and remote areas with limited healthcare options. 
Walk-ins are available, however it is preferred to make an appointment to secure a vaccination as spaces are limited. I'll put a handy link in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.